Welcome to The Source, investments podcast covering trends and insights in institutional investing, and where we get to hear from industry and investment experts about their takes on the latest trends. In this episode, we sit down with Ryan Akey, Global Head of Operational Risk Solutions for Aon, to talk about their ODDIQ solutions and how they approach operational due diligence. Back in January, we announced a strategic collaboration with Aon to provide their ODD research directly through the investment platform. This also includes building out a questionnaire in our input portal so managers can report ODD data to Aon that is then used to create this research. Ryan expands more about the details of the strategic partnership and how the research helps asset owners conduct comprehensive due diligence while saving time to focus on their core business functions. And that's especially important as due diligence has been made more difficult in the virtual world we live in. As you're listening, if you have any questions about how to access Aon's ODD research or how to submit data to the questionnaire, contact us at solutions at investment.com. With that, let's jump into our conversation with Ryan. So Ryan, thanks for joining us. Before we we jump in and start talking about ODD, can you give us a bit of background about your current role at Aon? Sure, and thanks for having me. Um, I was brought in, boy, about six years ago already now to, to build out the ODD program, the Operational Due Diligence Program at Aon. It's, it's a pretty intense mandate for, for what we do. Um, we have exposure to around 1,000 managers globally running as many as 3,000 different strategies. Um, in addition to that, we have lots of clients. So it's not just kind of one client that you're managing. You have varying degrees of risk tolerance, um, different degrees of subject matter expertise. And so again, for people who do what we do, it is a really complex mandate. I think one of the things I, I definitely like to point out about what we do is that we were really built as an internal risk reduction group. And that really allowed us to focus a little bit less on kind of what the market is buying, so to speak, from a service perspective, and a little bit more on, you know, what does it mean to build the best program? Um, and I think that's important because, you know, I'm not sure the market has really sorted out what the best way to approach operational due diligence is. And again, it really gave us a chance to be reflective and focus again on building the best program, um, taking a look at some of the challenges and focusing there as opposed to, again, you know, worrying about a P&L or worrying about what the market market is purchasing. And, and I know we announced our partnership early this year between investment and Aon, where we're going to be providing that ODD research to our clients through the platform. Uh, but before we get into kind of the ins and outs of how that works, can you give us some specifics about the ODD solution? I think it's ODD IQ. Yeah, absolutely. So ODD IQ at its core is really designed to be a platform. And the goal really is to address some of the limitations of traditional operational due diligence approaches. So really it's, it's focused on trying to find ways to efficiently identify and quantify, that's the IQ, uh, or otherwise measure a broad range of kind of definable operational risks. And I think of it really, you know, again, at its essence as a tool, um, as much as anything. And we really like to emphasize that, right? Very often when people hear about a data-driven solution, there's some kind of an expectation that we're creating a secret algorithm that's going to automate people out of jobs uh, or that it, it's taking a purely scientific approach as opposed to kind of all of the, the things that go with the qualitative assessments and the subject matter expertise 
that are part of an ODD assessment. Um, so we're really focused with ODDIQ more on streamlining the administrative aspects of what we do, uh, which is primarily how do we collect information and how do we create kind of deliverables off the back of that information, but preserving the important kind of qualitative and labor intensive parts. That's really the critical thinking, the analysis, the subject matter expertise. And so the thought is, can we economize the overall amount of time that we're spending on due diligence engagements to make it more accessible and more affordable, but we're still preserving and maybe even increasing the amount of time that we have available for, for kind of true risk management and risk reduction activities. So economizing, and simplifying the administrative pieces, saving time there and preserving or increasing the time uh, on the things that we think are the most important, which is, you know, the risk management element. And, and I would imagine that the pandemic has maybe impacted the demand for this one. You want to understand more about what's going on with the managers that you uh, are going to be doing business with, but also that we're now living in a virtual world. How has have you seen the demand impacted over the last year or so? Yeah, this is such a common topic. There's there's lots of there's been lots of webinars about doing due diligence in in a remote work environment and what are the pros and cons of that. I think a lot of times it focuses on the cons. Um, I think that there's a lot of emphasis on kind of on-site due diligence and the importance of that. It's certainly something that we think is important. It certainly continues to be. Uh, a part of expectations, a part of what we do. But I also kind of feel like at the same time, you know, the pause here and the ability to travel and go on site has really reinforced some of the capabilities of ODDIQ. You know, we've always taken an opportunistic approach to on-site due diligence. We agree certainly that there are, are things that you can do better in an on-site environment, but there's also plenty of things that you can do kind of perfectly adequately in a remote setting. And this is kind of one of the big inflections in operational due diligence and a part of our kind of mindset and thinking and taking kind of what has historically been really an artistic approach or a very qualitative approach and, and providing and thinking about it in an empirical, more objective, more scientific way. And again, I, I always have to circle back to that to comment that we're not trying to take away that sensibility, right? The importance of, you know, gut instinct and value judgments um, and all of that. But I think by building an objective framework that complements it, it's, it's a way to kind of view things from different perspectives. One of the things that we think about a lot is, you know, the idea of gut instinct and people really want to rely on gut instinct in terms of how they are assessing Kind of the character of an investment manager or the culture of an investment management environment um, and everybody really trusts their own kind of value judgments right and and, and their the way that they think about other folks uh, or their responses to you you know i tend to have a view that people tend to overweight their personal capabilities they think that their instinct their gut sensibilities are the, the best ones. Um, and they tend to overweight that a little bit. And I think that's human nature. I don't think, I'm not trying to be critical of any individual or anything like that, but it's more, again, I think it's human nature. Um, one of the ways that I tend to, to think about it is, you know, kind of the car buying experience, right? So everybody, you know, you go into the dealership, they're nice to you. They have, you know, really nice shiny offices. They try to give you refreshments and, and 
everybody who kind of purchases a vehicle, they come out of there and, and they'll tell you about it. And the first thing that they always say is that I got a great deal, right? That's, that's the kind of human nature and everyone will kind of emphasize that. But meanwhile, as soon as you walked out of the dealership, you know, the balloons are dropping and they're all celebrating because they got done with the transaction, right? And again, I think that's just a good example of, of the ways that, again, folks tend to overweight their own um, kind of capabilities to assess kind of the, the character and cultural side of things. So if we tie that to due diligence, everyone wants to think they're better at assessing character and the intangibles. But if you think about, you know, maybe the most famous hedge fund fraud ever, you know, Bernie Madoff, you know, I have to ask how many people, you know, would see some of the, the very kind of basic blocking and tackling things that were absent and missing from that operating environment. But they went in to, to visit and, and he's a charming guy, right? And he talked folks into, you know, kind of overlooking some of those deficiencies because they had a good experience, a good kind of interpersonal experience. And so that's what I think about kind of gut instinct and, and what are the drawbacks maybe to onsite due diligence? You know, it's, it's what if your gut instinct is wrong? Uh, what if you're not using kind of empirical evidence or objective evidence to kind of recalibrate your own, your own gut instincts? So I guess, you know, do I think remote due diligence is better? No, not necessarily, but I think it's complementary. And I think, you know, some of the things that we're able to do in a remote environment really can free up resources so that when you do go on site, when it's worth it to go on site, you're commanding kind of a lot more value from that approach. Uh, you're able to focus um, and optimize that time that you're spending uh, on site. Going on site and on site due diligence is the most expensive resource that we have. Right, so the idea here with OD, ODDIQ and taking some of that kind of into an offline environment is, is trying to optimize that. If, if that's the most expensive thing uh, that, that you're doing, why wouldn't you want to try to optimize it? That's oh, really interesting. And you also make me feel like a sucker because we bought a new car late last year and I thought I got a great deal. Yeah. Now you have tools, right? You can check <laughs> yeah. that. You no, I did. Yeah. You can go in, but you know, 10 years ago you couldn't, right? But it's a still kind of the same thing. And that's kind of what ODDIQ is doing, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's this way to do a gut check. Um, you know, I felt like they had a good compliance program and the compliance officer was nice when we interviewed them. But if I'm looking at the empirical output here, I'm finding that there's four or five things that they're not doing. That are that are basics, um, and so you know, to me, cultural assessment is not just again, are they nice to you, and and did you have a good interpersonal experience, but if they're actually doing something, that's like an objective link to culture. Um, they can tell you they care about it, but if they're not doing something or the things that you want them to be doing, how much do they really care? So it's a backstop a little bit to that gut assessment. Yeah, I like I like how you've kind of described it as a combination of art and science. So specific to how the partnership uh, works, how is the research going to be delivered in investment? And I guess the second part to that question is, how can managers make sure that they're providing the data necessary to conduct the analysis? Yeah, that's a great question. So ultimately, I mean, I think there's a few different ways this is going to work. And it's also, it's also going to evolve over time as the platform builds. But the idea really is to provide reporting either through investment or your existing or your new clients, but also through Aon when that route makes sense. You know, I think we've got some good 
um, call it paper capabilities and reporting capabilities currently. Um, over time, the idea is to make it a little bit more dynamic and, and interactive. Obviously, as the client base increases, you know, that those capabilities are going to evolve. The second part of your question, though, I think, you know, in terms of managers, you know, this is really one of the core parts of what we're trying to do is create a symbiotic environment to create an environment where it's not just the financial intermediaries or the asset owners that are benefiting, but creating ways for managers to engage with the process and ultimately, again, extract some value themselves. So getting them to understand that this information is important, getting managers to understand that you know, more and more, a, a due diligence questionnaire might become the face of the firm, uh, the front face, the first things that groups are seeing before they're coming into your office, you know, to meet with you in person. That I think is, is also critical. There's certain things that we are doing to help managers, you know, with the process. One of them is just even creating a platform where the hope is that this is going to become a centralized operational information platform. So they only need to provide this information a few times instead of dozens or hundreds of times answering the same questions for different clients. Um, so, you know, as the platform grows, again, that's part of the goal, right, is to find ways and synergies for the managers as well. I think a last thing or another thing that we're thinking about and we're really learning from the experiences is managers can be afraid sometimes to ask questions. You know, they're afraid to say, well, what are you looking for here? What do you mean with this question? I've had you know, really smart, sophisticated groups admit to us in due diligence meetings that rather than reach out and ask and feel foolish that they've left, you know, that they don't know something, that they've actually left an answer blank, right? That's troubling to me that they're, they're, they're concerned, so concerned about looking foolish um, or that they don't know, you know, kind of the nuance of something that they, they'd actually just leave something blank instead. And so, I don't know, I think there's maybe some out ODD folks out there who might kind of frown on questions, but our approach is, is really, you know, that we're conducting due diligence, but the more transparency we can provide to the process, the more it helps everyone. And, and, and that really helps the ultimate goal, which is reducing bad operational outcomes. There's an interesting point you make about people leaving fields blank. You know, just generally when we see managers providing data to the database uh, and the asset owners actually screening on it, one of the most common things we see is them just pulling information that is available. They say, has the manager provided this data? Yes or no. They don't even care what the value is. They'll look at it later, but you're immediately screened out with the, when you leave information out. We track response rates and we do that for a number of reasons, but one of them is even to understand, you know, are we wrong? Are we asking a question in a way that's confusing? Mm -hmm. Are we asking for a level of detail that's considered proprietary? And so again, the idea with kind of this symbiotic environment is, you know, we don't know all the answers either. Um, I think having done what we do hundreds of times and implementing a process across, you know, a lot of managers around the world, we certainly learn a lot, but, but we don't know everything either. And again, that's why we track response rates to, to help uh, reinforce and, and make sure we're asking the right questions in the right ways. So again, it's, it's not about being perfect, it's about, you know, finding that kind of Venn diagram overlap of what makes sense to the most people. So Ryan, you also talked about the ODD process shifting from just a pre-investment exercise to something you see investors looking to do as part of their ongoing monitoring. How does or should pre-investment ODD differ from 
what's happening as an ongoing monitoring process? Yeah, this really links to my overall kind of mindset thematically that the, the expansion of the ODD mandate has been really geometric. So, you know, number one, we're looking at more asset classes. It started really in the hedge fund space and then moved into other public market strategies and then ultimately into the private markets. We are asked to look at more uh, risk factors all the time. The number of risks we're asked to assess continues to increase and never really gets smaller. And then the third way it's expanding is just the frequency, right? So it's not just pre-investment anymore. The intent is to have ongoing monitoring. And so those three things, again, create this geometric expansion of the mandate. And it, I think it really links to the ODD IQ, uh, IQ approach. Um, IQ is a great tool for monitoring managers. It's great for onboarding large multi-manager portfolios where you're kind of looking to optimize how to allocate resources and assess risk. It's also great as a completely different lens than traditional qualitative ODD work because you can use it and see and understand patterns that you just cannot do qualitatively. You know, but we don't recommend ODD IQ for new investments. You know, pre-investment due diligence should be more than a desk side review of a manager, especially if it's a manager you're new to working with. It really should assess more risk factors than we can capture quantitatively. It should definitely include a qualitative, excuse me, assessment. Kind of that gut check, if you will. I know previously I, I kind of talked about gut instinct and its limitations. You know, here I'm kind of saying the opposite. You know, there's, there's still a time and place for it, definitely. It's just not always the best way to do things. And there, there, there's times when it can be a bad way to do things. There are limitations to it. So it's really that one-two punch, right? Um, of the qualitative, of the quantitative, combining to create something that's, that's better. We're really, I think, more focused on finding the right balance, having different approaches and tools. Um, and, and I think with IQ, the idea is it's complementary, it's supplemental. It provides a different perspective for risk assessment but it also it also you know optimizes resources a bit more. Kind of you 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 get back your investment in ODDIQ with the, with the time savings. Um, so in that way, it's not just complementary, but it's it's kind of additive to the whole equation. Something else you you talk about is that this ODD analysis should be an ongoing effort and not just an upfront due diligence process. Um, how often should be should investors be doing this? Is this something that you would recommend on a quarterly basis, annually? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. I mean, I think again, where we are trying to head with this is is to create an environment where operational monitoring is dynamic and continual, as opposed to at some kind of frequency that that that's arbitrary. Um, I think people will give guidance that is all over the map on this. Some folks will say every year. Um, some will say every three to five years. Some will say there's certain things you should do quarterly. Um, you know, kind of all of those time frames are a little bit arbitrary to me. And, and it's one of the things that I think about as the discipline has evolved that, that, that I think of ODD migrating from a risk management discipline to in some respects, more of an audit support discipline. And audit support, by that, what I mean is, you know, there'll be some requirement, right, that you see every manager every year, or you see certain types of managers every three years, or you collect other kind of information on a quarterly basis. And those frequencies and intervals, there's, there's nothing magical about them. You mean, think about a quarter. What's, what's magic about 90 days versus, I don't know, 98 days? 
Um, it's just that it happens to fall at a calendar frequency that links to some kind of, you know, an uh, audit frequency. I think what I really want to create with ODDIQ is, is something that's a little bit more of an interactive and dynamic environment that's less tied to, you know, arbitrary intervals and frequencies and more kind of an on-demand resource uh, that's available when somebody needs it, even if it falls on April 30th instead of March 31st or something like that. Uh, so again, I think there, there do need to be, I guess, some backstops in terms of timing sequence uh, and interval approaches, but ultimately uh, the, the move towards bringing ODD back into kind of a risk management environment that's focused a little bit more on doing things that are risk-based as opposed to audit support-based, uh, I think ultimately is, is, is going to benefit the discipline and those consumers of ODD work, but also kind of the managers providing kind of core information. If we can do it in a way that's available for on-demand reporting or is actionable on an ongoing basis, that's the goal uh, here again, as opposed to, you know, having an annual sequence. And so every year in December for certain clients, you're running through the hamster wheel and try to meet some kind of a deadline. Um, that doesn't make any sense from a risk standpoint. It's just tied to the end of the calendar year, for example. And how much of your work with clients is about them coming to you wanting to offload their current process versus them coming to you saying like, I need help. Give me uh, some best practices about actually implementing an effective ODD process. Yeah, it's really all over the map. It's a combination. And I think that's one of the things that we like to emphasize about ODDIQ is it's really this idea that there's not one right way to do something. Um, the idea here is to create a platform that's a tool um, that can and, and does contribute to many different approaches. So, you know, we have clients that are expert users that, that, that have done what I do for longer than I've done it, who know more about it than I do, but we're trying to find ways to help them do their job better help them do their job in a way that's more consistent and more sophisticated. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that ties to that is, is we can, and we have experienced hours of time savings for our internal engagements that use ODDIQ. You know, so the way we think about it internally is that can my team, can we be risk managers instead of report writers? What can we do with the extra time that we're saving on an engagement. If we're saving an average of, of five to 10 hours um, through consolidating some of the administrative aspects of what we do, what can I do with that five to 10 hours? Can I, I can really dig into things that can't be you know, captured in, a, in an empirical format, things that really require detective work. So I think the way that I think about it holistically is this, you know, I don't know if the next big fraud or blow up outcome is going to be found by the ODDIQ process. But what I do think, what I do believe is that it may contribute to that discovery because it frees up somebody who's an ODD professional, frees up their time from, you know, that five to 10 hours of savings uh, of administrative time, it frees up their time to do the digging and to get under the hood in a way that they haven't been able to do it historically. Uh, so if that makes sense, that's kind of the expert user uh, where, you know, groups aren't hiring my my team or looking at ODD IQ as a replacement or what they're already doing, but as a complement, as a way to do more, as a way to do their job better. 
Um, for other groups, you know, we have a lot of groups as well that don't have internal capabilities. And I think that ODDIQ is really great in that environment, it helps to develop a credible program. You know, the first, the first way is really just through its pricing accessibility. I think a lot of groups that haven't done much in ODD, they, they, they often recognize that it's a gap, but it's just been so darn expensive to do a lot that they become paralyzed and it, it results almost in inaction a little bit. And I think, you know, another way would be just the language of ODD IQ. It's much more kind of objective rather than purely opinion-based. I think ODD can be so squishy and, and a series of opinions and value judgments. You know, one of the things I think about here is what other risk reporting exists that doesn't normalize information into statistics or ratios or other kinds of objective or empirical metrics. Now with IQ, we have a language that's much more accessible. Um, it shows objective outputs. It can demonstrate in a concrete way how ODD work can ultimately lead to risk reduction. So just that kind of language pivot um, I think we're also finding, you know, certain clients find that valuable because uh, it, it, again, they feel like they're getting something, I think a lot more concrete uh, for their resource allocation than some kind of a series of, of value judgments and opinions. Well, that's all I had for you in terms of questions today. Um, this was uh, really insightful and I know I'm uh, excited on our client's behalf uh, to be able to offer this as just a, a continued value uh, of the investment relationship and for what the partnership with Aon looks like now and going forward. I think there's a ton of possibilities and, you know, we've barely scratched the surface. This isn't even released yet. Um, but thank you for, for taking the time today uh, to, to talk with us. Great. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate your uh, questions. As I think about the evolution of investment, which was founded by consultants in 2000, 20 years later, our partnerships with consultants continue to expand giving asset owners the ability to support their decisions with independent data through things like operational due diligence and consultant research. If you have any questions about how to access Aon's ODD research and investment, or have questions about how to find the questionnaire to make sure you're providing data to be used in the research, please contact us at solutions at Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.